Welcome to the Max Revenue Show. I am your host, Max Revenue, along with Micah Salas here. A um, couple of things, housekeeping first. Number one, I'm missing my four front teeth. They were knocked out uh, by a baseball, and it's a long story, but I don't have my little uh, dental implant. So if I happen to laugh or smile, and you see that I have no teeth, it is what it is, and uh, the show must go on. All right, so now that we have that out of the way, Michael, what is the topic of this week's podcast? That's actually a pretty good segue into the topic because, you know, <laughs> let's say, Max, you're going to go be meeting with a business owner and you're missing your forefront teeth. <laughs> what do you say, right? Like, Yeah, what do you say? I mean, we didn't even plan this out, folks, but – um. Yeah, I mean, I think you own it, right? So the, the the topic for this week is how to sell when you're an underdog, right? When you have the chips stacked against you. And it could be various factors. We're going to get into just a couple of them. But I think it's a relevant topic because we've all been there, especially for most of you guys listening. Most of you are younger. You are starting out in your career. You're competing against a lot of old old heads, right? As people call them. Um, and you got to be prepared to sell, sell against that, right. And to handle that. And if you're not, you're just going to end up like 80% of other producers and be out of the industry in two, three years. Right. So the guys who can stick, stick with it, there's this industry is awesome. There's a ton of upside and, um, that's what we're, we're going to help you guys with today, I think. So should I, should we, should we kind of get into the two particular ones we want to talk about the most and then, or just kind of like, yeah. So, yeah. So first scenario, you are new to the industry, inexperienced or young. And then the second one would be, you are at a small agency competing against big firms. So tackle the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I'm young, <clears throat> what I'm going to do in, in both scenarios, first of all, I'm going to own it, right? Just like we talked about Max or, you know, owning your loss of teeth, just address it. Because if, if you got a baby face, when I had a baby face, you know, when I was 27 selling insurance, I remember like people would just say it to you like, Hey, how old are you, man? Or when did you graduate school? So, you know, they're thinking it anyways. And guess what though? I found kind of um, Trump's age is knowledge. And be able to solve people's problems and help them help them out, right? They don't care how young or how old you are when you go in there and you ask a question that they've maybe never been asked before. Or you dissect their policy and come back with like just crazy gaps that they didn't even know existed, right? And mistakes that their agent made. Or I think we've talked about this on other um material is like, or, you know, the market so well that you go in there and you're like, yeah, Hey, you know, Bob, you know, like you're at $6 a rate. That's crazy. We're seeing people at like four, $4 in your category. You know, why is that? Um, you start, so yeah, you start to have the conversation around some of this stuff and they can't deny your credibility at that point. Right. So that that's, you know, obviously important. But some some specific things where you can kind of spin it into a positive. Uh, one, 
hey, Mr. Business Owner, I don't have a ton of clients. That's a great thing, actually. Yeah, Bob is 50 years older, has 50 clients. But guess what? That How much time could he spend with all 50 clients? So I'm building my book. I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm, I have zero clients right now or I have just a couple. And I'm looking for people I want to partner with and grow with. And a positive to you is, yes, I might not have the direct experience myself, but um, I have a lot of time I can give you, right? Um, a lot of service. You call me anytime. Like, I'm not going to be pulled in a million different directions and bogged down by by other clients. Um, and then that kind of leads to the second issue, which, oh, your, your insurance knowledge might be lacking, right? We just talked about, hey, separate yourself with insurance knowledge. That does take time, but you can still differentiate yourself with the kind of questions you're asking. But the knowledge piece, this is where having a mentor and selling with a, a team approach can help you when you're young, right? Well, you're kind of learning. Um, and you, you say that, yeah, I might not know everything, but I can get you the answer. I will know someone who does, right? There's someone in my agency who knows it. We do a ton of contractors or we do a ton of whatever. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like all of our conversations kind of intertwine. Like this, again, could go back to the whole niching thing. Like, yeah, I'm young. I don't have any contractors. I've just been doing this six months, but our agency writes 500 contractors, you know, or 50, right? So that's where, you know, just being able to kind of rattle off some of that stuff confidently and just being prepped to talk about it is really going to help. Um, I was thinking about something else and I, my mind just kind of went adrift. Um, do you have anything you want to chime in with so far? Yeah. Yeah. So I take some notes. uh, I put a, I put a post up on LinkedIn, um, last week. Well, when this comes out, it will have been last week. And it was basically like, you know, I'm only 26. Who's going to buy from me? And basically the punchline is, is, you know, your actions, your expertise, the way you handle yourself is going to demand that respect there. I know plenty of guys in this industry who are in their twenties that kill it. Right. You know, we know that guy over in Washington or was in Washington that golly, the guy wrote like 600,000 in his first three years. And he's like 23, you know, I I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, if you carry yourself like a badass, you're going to get treated like a badass. And this brings, I always think about this, you know, there's a story and I've never seen the movie. I think it's in the social network or whatever, but basically when Zuckerberg went in to raise his seed money for Facebook, he showed up in a bathrobe and sandals and he was 22 and he basically walked in and he listened to what they had to say. And then he laid out, what he was asking and why his evaluation was at a certain number. And then he just left because he was the man. He, he knew what he knew. He knew his shit. And, um, and obviously the story goes on. He never had any issues raising the money and he's a billionaire now, but the dude showed up in a bathrobe at 22 with one of these huge, you know, private equity venture capital firms um, cause at the end of the day, you get the respect that you demand based off of your presence, based off your expertise. So I think age is only an issue if you make it an issue. So, so you're basically saying, yeah. So if I'm hearing you're right, you're saying to all of our listeners who are 25, 24, whatever, go buy a really nice silk robe and then show up to your top prospects and you're going to crush it. <laughs> Bingo. You're listening. Yeah. You got it. I, I am. No, I, 
that is a great movie, by the way. I highly recommend people. I, I actually haven't watched it in about five. I've watched it like three times, but I don't know. The soundtrack, I just love that movie, man. So check it out if you have it. Sounds like you have it. It's kind of crazy. I'll add it to the list. No, I I just heard about uh, I heard about it on a business podcast. Him raising gotcha. money in a bathroom. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, I think confidence is huge, right? And I think um, it's kind of, I like the quote, uh, completion creates confidence. So it's like, get out there. This is why I'm a fan of activity too, right? And also why I don't mind quoting. We had this conversation a couple episodes ago, like, do you just say BOR bust kind of thing? But getting out there, having meetings at least, and getting you know on the phone with people, all that stuff creates confidence. That's why you got to get reps. You're right. You got to, you're going to maybe fumble over the, you know, first couple meetings you go to by yourself, but just get out there and get reps and then be prepared with some of this tactical like stuff we're talking about, how you can turn your young age into a positive, which, which I think, um, and, and also I would kind of rely on this, you know, everyone likes to help people, right? I think like, Hey, like if you're talking to a business owner, let's say he's in his fifties and you're 25, they kind of have that, like, they want to take that fatherly approach. At least I've noticed this in my career. Like they kind of want to help you out. They want to see you succeed. Right. So take, take advantage of that too. Like work hard. People respect that, you know, like, Hey, Mr. Business owner, you've been where I've been. Right. Like, yeah, no, I get it, man. Like, or even just ask them for advice. Like that's endearing to people. You know, when you're talking to them, like, Hey, or ask them how they started their company. That's one of the great questions. Like, Hey, I'm just curious, man. Like, how did you start your company? I have a lot of admiration for business owners. Like you guys take a ton of risk. Like, how did, how did you do that? Can you tell me the background? Like, some of this stuff might seem basic, but it's, and we can get so technical sometimes. And how do you talk about BORs and all that stuff? But sometimes it's like just showing respect to people who are older than you and asking them questions and, and taking that, like, hey, I want to learn from you approach a little bit. Not saying I want to learn insurance from you, but hey, I want to, you know, ask you about your company and how you were successful in business. And then people just kind of want to help you out and see you succeed. And that can really help shrink that age gap quite a bit, I think. Yep, I agree. <clears throat> um, all right, so the second one was if you are at a smaller agency competing against a bigger agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot of different angles you can take on this. You know, there might be some buyers out there who just will be like, dude, I'm only going to work with the big box brokers. Like, that's it. Like, you know. And if that's the case, kind of find those people right away and just dismiss them. But, but that's the slim amount of people. I think most people generally care about the people that they're working with and the team. So if you're at a smaller agency, you got to make it all about, again, this goes back to kind of basically make it about the buyer, right? Even if you're a big agency, do this too, but all about them, not about your size, right? Take that out of the equation, start solving their problems, start asking good questions um, and start, you know, coming in with innovative or different ideas and that, that most big agencies maybe aren't coming in with. Right. Um, and, and what I, what I mean by that is just come in with something customized that can't be repeated. Uh, that can't be mimicked. It doesn't matter what size you're at. Like they just won't care. Like if you're bringing them ideas that solve their problems, they don't care about the size of your agency. Right. Now you gotta be able to be prepared to address it. Like, you know, but I would say the couple things like that you can spin into positives, like for actual tangible takeaways is like, Hey, you won't be a small fish in a big pond. Right now, full disclosure, I can sell on both sides of these. Right. So I think you, that's, that's good for like anyone listening. Like you gotta be able to sell both sides pro and con. 
and um, and just realize maybe you're not a fit for everyone. But but okay, so you're not going to be a small fish in a big pond. That's huge, I think. Uh, that's that is people's concern. Like I'll just be a number, not another number with us. You make you're going to make up a large portion of my book or our team, our company's book, and uh, we we're very attentive, right? Everyone is going to know you by first name. You're not going to be shuffled through diff, you know different service people. You're going to have a designated team that's going to work with you. Um, that's I think that's one of the people's biggest concerns. Um, but also we'll we'll take time to get to know you, right? Um, we have more autonomy as an agent. I have more autonomy at a small shop. I don't have to go through all these bells and whistles to get things approved. Like let's say you have an issue, Mr. Buyer, that comes up around safety and we want to get it approved. I can just go pay for it myself. I don't have to go through 20 different, uh, you know, steps and forms to, to get that approval for you. Um, I think that's people like that. Um, also if you're really local in a local small town, I mean, I've had issues calling in other small towns and be like, Nope, I work with someone in my town. I support our community. So use that to your, if you are in a small town agency, use that. Like, Hey, we support our community. You know, like if you, yeah, you could pay the same commission to me or the other guy, but at least we're reinvesting back in our community. We're hiring local people. You know, now I'm personally, <laughs> I, I think that's bogus to a certain extent. But again, if you're in that situation, you got to be able to sell to it. You got to make it a positive. Um, so no, I agree. I was, I'm, I'm thinking about number one, I have no idea how big my CPA's firm is. Yep. I don't know if he's big. I don't know if he's national. I don't, I don't care. He answers the phone when I call. Uh, when I have a problem, he solves it. Uh, and to, at least to this date, I've never had any issues with him. So I think a lot of times we break into jail because we, we see the landscape and we know the big picture. So we discount ourselves before we ever even walk in the door. Um, because maybe we know our weaknesses compared to our competitors, but you got to remember 99% of business owners do not. Like you said, you are going to have the people, the few people that buy the logo in five years. I've met one that's done that. That's it. Everybody else just wants to know, can you take care of me? Will you answer when I call? Like if, if those, uh, do you know your shit? If, if you can answer those three questions, then the size of your agency is, is really irrelevant. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is one of the things that we've had success with in the past is if the, if your capabilities or lack thereof are an issue, um, show up in numbers and team sell and kind of solidify that team approach. So we'll go in, uh, maybe myself, uh, another guy in the vertical, maybe we partner on the account, maybe we don't. We also bring in our account exec. Um, maybe we also have our loss control consultant join in. Show up in numbers. There's power in numbers, um, especially, you know, if, if size or capabilities seem to be an issue. Um, but when you show up in force and you have a united front, um, that tends to dispel all those issues, or at least from my experience. Yeah, that's that's the team selling can help make a difference, right? It can help give the image and the feel of like, all right, there's more behind the, the curtain here. Um, also, if someone's really balking on size, it's like you could say to them, you know, so I guess it sounds to me like size is more important. The most important thing, more important than service or, you know, having a personal relationship or knowledge or kind of be able to solve your problem. And they'll probably pretty quickly be like, no, 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 it's not. I just was curious, right? It's one of those 
accusation audit questions. So you can use that one on location too. <laughs> um, mm, good ones. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, the main thing with these thing, these categories, you know, age, size of your agency, like you had said, I think we make them a bigger issue than they need to be. You just want to be prepared to address them. And then if it becomes an issue, great. But again, guys, like, man, 95% of my presentation, the finalist presentation to get the VO is about the client. I don't talk about us till the very end. I'm always starting with them, right? This is what you told me. Here's what I found. Here's how you compare. Here's some ideas I have to help you. That's all first. That's like 90%. And then at the end, oh, by the way, because they're going to have those questions. Okay, now now you got them intrigued anyways. Hey, okay, so do we have a service person? You know, how do you guys work? And then you talk about it. But guess what? Now they've, you've already built that credibility. Same thing at the first meeting. I'm not coming there saying, yeah, so I'm with XYZ agency. We're 75 years old and have 500 employees. No, no, I know that stuff in my head, but I'm going into that first meeting all about them, asking them questions. Again, making it about the problems that they have and how I can solve those problems. That's it. Um, you, you keep that. Yeah, you're the center of your you're the center of your own universe, but your clients not thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. They just they're they're thinking about them, their problems, their coverage, their premiums. How can you help them? Um, you know, there's a saying like uh, I'm not much, but I'm all I'm, th- I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. And it's, the inverse is true. Your that your your client is the same way. They're thinking about themselves, and so I think the more that you can uh, keep it them focused uh, and off of you, that that's all they really care about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a quote from I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt, but she's like, people would worry a lot less about what people think about them if they realize how seldom they do. You know, it's like people aren't out there worrying about you you know, your age, you're making that an issue. They notice it. So, you know, I'm a, again, I think I, I've said this before, like lead with the elephant, maybe depending, right. If it's a major elephant, like you're missing four front teeth, <laughs> you know, you get in that first meeting, the guy's gonna be wondering the whole time, or that's why I like to, this kind of, this is why I also like to lead with price, right. Uh, on presentations. I just had this happen at a renewal two weeks ago. The guy's like, thanks for leading with the, thanks for putting the price in the beginning and starting with that. Cause I would have just been wondering the whole time, what's the price going to be. And that's the that's why we're doing this topic is it's kind of a fine line, right? You don't want to make it an issue, but you also, if it's top of mind for something, if it's, and maybe we didn't hit on the, whatever it is, maybe it's not age, maybe it's not size, maybe, I mean, maybe you look different than everyone else in, in the community that you sell in, right? Or maybe you're from up north and now you're down here in Texas. I, you know, that's for me, right? I'm from Wisconsin. I let off, hey, if I sound goofy, man, I'm from Wisconsin and they'll get a chuckle. So people love like the self-deprecation stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good one too, though, because a lot of younger guys, you know, maybe you're not in the country club, you didn't grow up in that area, just whatever it is, just own it and have fun with your, you know, I know we're, we're so sensitive as a society, but like be able to poke fun at yourself and like most business owners have a little bit of a personality and some humor and they appreciate someone who can joke around, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Nothing that I can, um, I was just thinking, nothing that I can really think of. I mean, I think we've kind of hit this topic well enough, um, right? I think what, just to recap, you want to recap? Yeah, number one, um, okay. How to win if you're the underdog. 
two most likely scenarios, or we'll even say three. Um, you're young and inexperienced. Uh, two, you work for a small firm. Three, maybe you don't look or sound like where you're selling. You're a transplant or, you know, whatever. So there, there's something about you that's different. I don't recommend breaking into jail and making it an issue if it's not an issue. That being said, be ready to respond. Um, have your talk tracks in place and have fun with it, right? Like if you're with a small firm, yeah, hey, you know, we, we, we we don't own the building. We don't have a logo on the side. But when you call, we answer. You're you're you matter to us. You're a big guy to us. If you're from somewhere else or you're missing your front teeth, I mean, just own it. Hey man, got hit in the mouth with a baseball. I'll refrain from smiling, uh, but I still all my all my insurance uh, knowledge is still intact, thankfully. Um, or maybe you're inexperienced. You know, it's like, hey, I haven't been around for 20 years, but. Um, I know my stuff or I know where to find the stuff if I don't know it. And you're a big part of my book. I, I'm going to answer um, and I'm going to work my ass off for you. So if you want to go to the guy that's got 70 clients and is hard to get a hold of, be my guest. If you want to matter, if you want to have someone answer when you call, then I'm your guy or gal, whatever. Um, so those are my thoughts. Uh, that's a good recap. Um, you know, it did bring one other thing, and I'll just say this, is, is an object, objection if you're at a smaller agency could come up around cost. Like, hey, this bigger agency here said he can negotiate better pricing because he has more, you know, he's a bigger company, you know, kind of like buying power. And I used to, I was guilty of that myself. I would say that at the bigger agencies, right? Yeah. I mean, again, you got to sell to your strengths. So if you're a bigger agency, that's what you're competing against, guys. If you're at a smaller agency, that's what people are saying that are bigger agencies. If you're at a bigger agency listening, use that, right? But if you're the underdog, um, what I would say is just come back with some facts, you know, like, hey, what? Yeah, they, they have all this premium out there, but what do they actually have with a local underwriter, first of all, you know? And then secondly, I would tell them like, hey, actually by contract, insurance company agencies would have to give the same price to the same agent, right? In theory, um, what matters the most in getting the price is the story that's being tell, told. So who's going to tell the mm -hmm. better story? And that's ultimately what's going to dictate your price more than, oh, this guy places $100 million premium with us. This guy only places 10 Well, again, is that national? And then let's get down to the local level. Even if it's higher locally, that's according to the insurance companies, what they tell us, that shouldn't impact pricing at all, right? Um, and maybe maybe some crazy situation, it could, it could benefit you. I can't tell you that, Mr. Business Owner. But what I can tell you is a story and then your performance and, and how you actually perform on risk management kind of stuff. That's what's going to impact your premium way more than the size of the agency that you're with. So, sorry I thought yeah, of that at the last minute. Secret. No, it's fine. Dirty little secret yeah. for you guys with uh, smaller firms. And again, that's subjective. But actually, that was one of my biggest fears moving from one of the big boys to this small agency is I, I thought that was going to actually hurt me when in reality it has helped. Um, because a lot of times these underwriters, they don't actually like working with big firms because they're pretty what? Yes. <laughs> no way. They're bullies. They tell them what, hey, you're going to do this or you're going to do that because we have this volume. With my agency now, we are able to do so much more because we actually have a personal relationship. It's not going through some, you know, local ivory tower headquarters. There's more relationship with the local underwriter. We can get more things added in. Um, maybe we get, you know, 
I can't say we get preferential treatment, but I'll say they're a whole lot more uh, flexible with us uh, because we treat them like humans. We don't just push them around and, and bully them. So in a lot of ways, working with a small firm or a smaller firm, underwriters actually like to work with you a lot more. So keep that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I would add, um, so here's maybe a good line to be prepared with. Like if a business owner says that, I'd be like, what matters more is strength of relationship or size of relationship versus size of volume, right? Like mm-hmm. size of relationship matters and it doesn't matter nationally how many pieces of business they're putting with this company. What's who, who has a stronger relationship locally. And I think interjecting some of your points, Max, that you just had mentioned, take those and be prepared to use them. If you're a smaller agency, like tell, tell a story like, Hey, I actually, a lot of times the underwriters you can tell a business owners, a lot of times underwriters tell us they kind of prefer working with us, you know, because mm-hmm. a little easier to work with and you know more personal. So people can relate to yeah, that. Yeah, I find I Mr. Business Owner, I find that these larger firms are actually more concerned with their stakeholders than their policyholders. Wow. Mic drop. 